Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is a food lover, actor, producer, and TV personality, widely known as the host of Man Vs. Food, Casey Webb. Uh, Casey was 14 when he landed his first job as a dishwasher at a local pizzeria, and after three decades in the hospitality industry, Casey got his big break when he landed the host role on Man Vs. Food. In addition to his hosting gig, Casey has been in dozens of commercials and has worked with such brands as Sam Adams, Twisted Tea, Purina, Mobile One, Budweiser, the NFL, Applegate Farms, New Jersey Lottery, and Doritos. Uh, Casey recently flexed his comedy chops in Amy Schumer's new Hulu series, Life and Beth, and her revived Comedy Central sketch comedy show, say that fast five times. Revived sketch comedy chops. Inside Amy Schumer. Welcome, Casey. Hey, MJ. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. Um, Thank tell you, everybody, Brad. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. And tell everybody, Casey brought a really special, unique bottle of wine. Tell everybody what we're drinking this evening uh, that you brought in. So I was fortunate enough, to, well, I am fortunate enough to have a friend who- You got friends? I do have friends. <laughs> small ones, small furry ones. Oh, and I wish we could see this guy. I know. <laughs> this is like, the first time I've had, a, we've had, we've had- Live a, animal? Some, somebody's, yeah. <laughs> see, somebody's is your first time working with Child in a studio. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the, the one would say that working with me is like working with a live animal, but I have a small dog here that's hanging out with us. Uh, so this is, so this is a 1974 Sterling Vineyard. Um, that a friend of mine acquired a uh, someone's estate. Uh, okay. So so he bought a large portfolio of wine, and with that he had a fundraiser. He he, um, he owns a restaurant and he wanted to raise some money, um, and for his particular uh, fundraiser. And so I was literally spun the wheel mm -hmm. for an X amount of money. And this is what I got. So when you would ask me to bring a bottle of wine, I was like, I, you know, I got a bunch of different everyday drinking wine, wines that I like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could tell a small short story about, but this seemed to have, have a lot more significance. What do, what, what do you what do you drink on a daily basis? Uh, you know, for me, I've always really loved because it, it just I find them pairing better with food mm -hmm. is old world wine, be it French, be it mm -hmm. uh, Italian, Italian, be it you know, be it be it Spanish, mm -hmm. be it uh, even you know, I, I, I have friends. Um, uh, just be working in the restaurant business my whole life, I I, I do enjoy um, Greek wines and Portuguese wines. I okay. feel like they're the most underrated wines on the planet. Oh, for sure. Uh, and for sure, because it, it, I think a it's probably a language barrier, and yeah. it's just they're not in the they're not currently shared in the marketplace. Right. Like they're not being hand sold. And working as a waiter for a long time, I'd hand sell a lot of different wines. Working as in sales, I worked for Ally Beverage for some time here in, in New Jersey, and I hand sold wine. Um, I find that those are the 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 best bang for your buck. Uh, I know I'm drifting here a little bit, but it's okay. It's Greek all good. We, and Portuguese wines. We we, exactly, we're drinking That's wine. We we're gonna, so we're gonna it's drift. a '74, 1974. Sterling. So it's older than me, okay. but it's younger than you. It's younger than me, right? Thank but it's you a, it's for 40. Outing. It's 48. It's 48 year old bottle of wine. Yeah, and I, you know, I have a Duran. I use the Duran. I I started bringing the Duran because of Kevin's really the the murder he committed on a bottle. Um, so but, yeah, you, he came in and brought an old bottle. He brought an old right. bottle. Like and he, the Durand is basically, it's a mechanism a to help you is, open it, up. It's it's a combination of an Asso yes. and a traditional corkscrew. Yes. So uh, I don't know who the genius I, was. Yeah, we went, I mean, but like like an Asso doesn't always get an old cork. No, it'll rip through it. Right, it's almost right, like, right. It, it's like, so, it's, it'll, it'll um, it's like a snatch and grab. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> 
is the asa. So this yeah. would be yeah. the traditional, and yep. then this is yeah. So first you put in the traditional corkscrew, right. and then you put in the asa. And recommend it if you have uh, some old bottles. The old bottles. So, it's, listen, it was, my wife got it for me a birthday gift. It's one hundred fifty bucks. But if you're a collector, I think most collectors would have this because if you collect wine. But like I think if you're a wine lover, get it. Because in case someone brings an old bottle, because it saves you the trouble of cleaning up the yeah, I mean, like it would have been a crime scene. It would have right? been a crime scene here. So this became, you know, this this is something that's been that I've had for a few weeks, and I just thought when you had said bringing a bottle of wine, it was the most special bottle that I had. If we're going to talk about wine and drink wine on camera, yeah. and 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 I was going to do your podcast, I figured this is the best thing I could represent as far as something that you know that's come down the pike for me. So hopefully it's hopefully it's good. I mean, I'm, it could be I'm vinegar. Ex- I'm excited. You know? It's not vinegar. It's not. No, it's um, it's fig it. and tobacco, it. so yeah. that's gonna be fine. So, with so let me ask you this: so, what my understanding of a wine like that? We opened it at like ten minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago. We have to drink that right now, right? If we had decanted it, I mean, yes. I mean, there's not a lot of oxygen going. Not yet. a whole lot getting in yeah. there, there. Like, but if you de- if we had decanted that, we'd we'd have to like. Nah. I know you brought a strainer, yeah. which we might need to use toward the end of the bottle. But like a lot of time in a restaurant, what they do, they would decant it. Too fast. It's it's almost and, and and then and you and you know a bottle like that we need five people and pour equal amounts and just go through it. Go then, yeah. It's go, a go time. Go yeah. time. Um, I it's think, almost better in the bottle. Yeah, I right. think I think this old is it's going to be fine. Yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see. But Dude, how, I'm super. When, when do we get there? I'm just curious. Oh, we're about to go there now, man. <laughs> I'm so, getting real nervous. I mean, I mean, as soon as we, I mean, like we, we, so you know, I got, I brought a little Vermentino to to try to taste. Shout out to Vado Vines. This is really the, the and it's from Sardinia. Vermentino from Sardinia is actually better than when it's even on the coast of Italy, just because you want to talk about that saline and the salt. I, mean, I was going to say, and in, in, in the uh, terroir, right? Because yeah. it's uh, yeah. uh, it limestone. Yeah, limestone. Limestone. Uh, probably volcanic. Volcanic, yeah, sure. Uh, and it's but it's just surrounded by that that the ocean surrounded by so that the breeze the the bi the binaural. I don't want to be a wine, but that means it, it, there, there's winds that run through, cool the grapes down. Anyway, this is freaking delicious. Uh, type yeah, I'm a of wine. Big fan. Thank you. I love Vermentino in the summer, but also like if you, you know coming up on the holidays, great with your charcut, great for the feast of seven fishes. Blah blah blah. Because I feel like this could cut through fat. Exactly. You know, it has enough meaty. acid. Yeah, exactly. Enough acid to cut through some some of your uh, your shellfish yep. or yep. Your, 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 yep. your fishes, yep. your, your thicker, fatter, fattier fishes. Totally. And then also, you know, um, we have mutual friends in Bobby and Vic Rollo. Hey, boys. Um, and when we talked, um, I, you said you had, you know, you prefer Old World. And uh, I get a lot, send a lot of wine, but it's a lot of new world. It's a lot of stuff from California, Washington State. Or, yeah. Um, Which is nice, too, yeah, to well, add to your collection. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> the thing is, if you like wine, no, it doesn't matter where yeah, it's exactly, from. Like, right. You might have your preferences, right. the things you drink, you know, you yeah. love to drink more. Because me, it's really revolves around food. There are some wines that I can only just drink and not eat with food because they blow the food up. Oh, yeah, you more. have, like, some of those, anyway, I don't want to, but some, we of, those, some of those bigger <laughs> wines and, yeah. and like, um, they just, they don't go with anything except a big fat cheeseburger. It's like, for me, I'm like, okay, this is the Coca-Cola of, like, when I was a kid to my cheeseburger. Yes, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? um, uh, I said, you know, listen, Vic, um, Bobby, I do lies, but um, I said, Bobby, I said, yo, Bob, um, I got Casey coming on, and he knows you, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, um, and he knows my pal. I was like, I need a juicy Montepulciano de Buzzo because I love my MDP, uh, but I, you know, I like a little bit riper. So this one, he tastes me great. So, um, but if you're ready, I'm gonna pour you some of this, man. Yeah. And you can tell me what you think. Um, this is this is OG as fuck. Seriously, twelve and a half percent alcohol. Everything was twelve and a half percent alcohol. Nineteen seventy four. A little little tasty taste. Tell me what you think there. All right, man. So listen, um, it's murky waters. Yeah. There. 
Murky waters. <laughs> I like to start at the beginning, man. So, um, and and we before I even get there, like this is so Casey is he's been on you know we'll get into this later, but he's been on Man versus Food, which is which was on Food Network. Now it's on Food TV, I believe, right? So it started off Man versus Food under the umbrella um, of Discovery was uh, okay. Travel I'm gonna, Channel. I'm gonna pause you just there for a second because yeah. that, that's a big unpack. Bottom line is, I'm walking down the street. I see this guy on TV. I've been seeing this guy on TV. I'm walking down the street, in my yeah, hometown yeah. of Red yeah, Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is my move. This is my move. You'll pretty like. I was like, I couldn't remember your name at first, but if I remember someone's name, like, so I was like, no, I was oftentimes like, like Man versus. Right, right. So I just, I was like, "Hey, what's going on, man?" I pointed, and he, and he was like, "He's like." And when you do that, he's like, "Fuck, am I supposed to know this guy? Who is this guy?" <laughs> so he had a little like, he's like, "I'm like, you don't know me by name's MJ." No, I knew I didn't know you. Yeah, but but, yeah. but, but like it was, it wasn't like when you say man versus food, you know, I would think it's like, oh my god, okay. When you look in someone's eyes and you look at them, it's like, oh, I, I know you know, and then we get, we, yeah, we're about to have a yeah, conversation we were, yeah. about the thing that we know. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's what it comes down to yeah, it was so cool because it because it. it, it often happens it's like they'll see me and then I'll make eye contact because you know I, and honestly it's a, it's it's one of my favorite parts of the job is yeah. that not not the fact of being recognized that there's a connection made no yeah, which I is a beautiful it. thing it's just, like it. it's human connection yeah. it's like yeah. you know if you can connect with human beings it's powerful and then it's like oh because they like what you do or you know maybe you bring a smile to their face that's, that's what it really comes down to totally is like making someone laugh smile especially a kid you know or someone's having a rough day because oh, I can't tell you how many times that someone stopped me in an airport or anywhere mm -hmm. and like they get me out of my head by saying, hey. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about all my stresses. And like, mm -hmm. you say hi to me because you've seen the show or whatever. I was in I was in the Red Bank. I'll tell you story. I was in the, I know we're, I, dude, we're, we're still recording. Dude, we're good. That's what we do. It's a beautiful podcast. thing. I we love it. wine and just, just talk. I, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was at the Red Bank 7-Eleven and I'm getting into a car with my buddy and some dude across the street where um, Chipotle is, he's mm -hmm. like, Yo, kitty litter! And I did this kitty litter commercial, and he remembered <laughs> me from this kitty litter commercial. I'm like, like I don't speak a word in the kitty litter right. commercial, but you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm so recognizable in, in in this commercial. And Fred Elms, if you know who Fred Elms is, he was a cinematographer for Blue Velvet. Okay, wow. Uh, so he's he, like the guy who's doing commercials. So along with the short. Some guy recognized me across the street as a, a guy in the Katie Leonard commercial. So, you know, whether it be Man vs. Food or – so, wait, let me, I, I'm looking at your face. What do you think? No, it's, it's, it's spot on. There's, this, wine is, this wine is solid. 48 years old. No. And I'm, I'll tell you, uh, for me, I'm impressed at how much fucking fruit it has. I think just I think this is going to be fine. I mean, at some point it, it's going to it's going to sure. It, it's like dried fruit, and then there's a little jam on the yeah, bottom. exactly right. So yeah, on the bottom no, jam, it, exactly. It's like it's like that dried fruit fig, figgy Newton thing on. But then like across the mid pad, I'm like, oh shit, black cherry, cherry, sweet cherry fruit, leather, a lot uh, of leather, a lot of leather, um, mushroomy. But you would expect that. Definitely uh, some umami yeah, going yeah. on. So this is going to be a fun bottle. Um, but yeah, so like my so I remember it was it's been a crazy summer for me because I bumped into you. I was out in Sonoma, and, um, and love that town. Yeah, I was in Healdsburg. I love Healdsburg. Amazing. I have and, friends that live in that area that are do. from here. Yeah. Oh, this from from here. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, guy lives up there, and sure. he, he was filming. Oh yeah. And yeah. so like, 
Votaggio walks in the hotel I'm walking in, right? And I'm like, who the fuck? I was like, I was like, I know, and this is funny. You like, you think you know people who see Montiel? I'm like, I know this guy. And I'm like, I was like, is that kid Rob? I couldn't figure out. I was like, come here. Like, and then I said, I was, and literally, I, I, did, so I was like, Michael. And he's like, hey, what's up? I was like, what's up, man? So like him, and then I saw Manit the next day. Isn't that how we met? Yeah, that's how we met. That's, that's my move. <laughs> I'm, like, like, hey, I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, hey. Oh, you have a smile on your face. face. You're yeah. like, what's up, man? I'm like, yeah. hey, what's up? So man? that's like my move. It's like, hey, what's going on? So I'm glad you're here, man. That's my Me too. I, and I appreciate you asking me to be here because um, I would I would rather have someone ask me to do something than, than be like, oh, I wish I had asked them to do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have this thing. This is what you do. And yeah. it's like to be, I love this world and I worked in this world for a long time. Yeah. And I don't dabble in it as much as I do other than, per, you know, personally drinking yep. wine and tasting wine. Right. But it, it's, I love talking, you know, talk rapping wine. You yeah. Know? So, this is going to be great because I can't yeah. even freaking believe, I mean, just so much to unpack here. So, um... Let's start at the beginning. We were doing it at the beginning again. <laughs> yeah, where are, you, where are you from? I uh, I was born in Red Bank, so I'm we're in Red Bank. I was born at Riverview. I was born at Riverview. I was born at Miles Medical. Do you have that that that? Uh, oh yes, I do. Because we're getting some tech. Um, yeah, look, look, I, this dude is like a prepared <laughs> guest, bro. Just want to make sure bro. we uh, got what we need. Because I definitely had some SETI mint in that. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a breath mint I yeah, just chewed exactly. on after my lesson. Well, well, it's like when I started the wine business, they were Thank like, you. they were like, the crunchy stuff is free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell your customers We don't charge that. extra for that. <laughs> That's an internal joke. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to share that with people. So wait, let me ask you this. Uh, how'd you get in the business? Just a quick on you. Me on the business? Yeah. I had a friend um, I used to hang out with. Um, his family owns the oldest wine store in America. It's on the Upper West Side, Acker cool. Wines. And uh, he was taking over the business. I just finished up uh, grad school at Rutgers down in Camden. Didn't want to do that shit. Sure. And he was like, yo, yo, man, come work with me. Let's do some wine. And you'll drink the it's finest amazing. wines in the world on a nightly basis. And I The finest wines. Yeah. 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 And of course. it was kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of opens up your universe. Yeah, right. It, it changed it, my. To me, like every bottle has a story. It's like storytelling. It's it like, is. and if you care about it, so so does every bourbon bottle. So does every, you know, like every. Uh, oh, there's your baby. There's your baby. There's my son. Yes. All right, you're gonna be on TV for a little while. I know. Uh, yeah, it, to me, it's about storytelling, and like as a as a person in the industry, you know, my my. Let me say this. Like, so working as, uh, let's say, I worked predominantly when I left the kitchen, I worked as a waiter and then a bartender. So I was in front of people and I was yeah. talking to people. And so as an actor at the same time, it was like, you know, I was, I was just trying to, A, you know, upsell folks and talk to people about things. And, and, but, and then I started to really care about product. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I really like this wine and I want you to try this wine, not because it has a dollar signs. Right. Because people were like, oh, what should I drink? What right. should I what's eat? What's the it's best? Like, what's the, yeah, what do you like? What, right. you know, what should I get? And it's right. like, let me taste you on this stuff. And so, you know, oftentimes a lot of places that I worked at, management was like, why are you bringing bottles over the table? It was, it was because, because I'm going to sell them a case right now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like, let me bring over wine to pour. And so it was really about getting, to, making friends with someone first. And, and I've just followed that through my career. It's helped my acting career. It's helped my personal life. And it's helped my, you know, when I was selling wine as a wine salesperson or working in a restaurant, it was just like, just give everything you got, you know, and like share the story, be be prepared. Like, that's why I brought this thing is like, well, it's showing, I don't know who I'm going to share a 1974 bottle wine I'm, and who would appreciate, who, yeah. who I know would appreciate as much as I would. You know, I'm, so. you know, I, it, and 
you know, like I said, you met me on the street, you know, you didn't know me from a can of paint, but like inside the wine world, it's become- You're the happiest fucking can of paint I saw on the street ever. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I was with my beautiful wife. And yeah, I was it was amazing. our dog, truffles, and- Love it. And it was just, it, and I, it was just, it was just one of those days where like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> but, look, look, look where I live. Look who, look who my neighbors are. Um, <laughs> so I, I was, I was, I was born in Red Bank. Okay. I grew up in Little Silver. We lived there till- the early '90s, and uh, so, family so made their way to Red Bank. Sir, did, did you go to RBR? Did you, so I went to Catholic? I went to Point Road. Okay, okay. I went to Marketplace, and then went to Red Bank Regional. Go okay. Bucks, go Bucks, <laughs> Buccaneer, through and through. Um, what year did you graduate? 1994. Okay, so was was Doctor Warner the, the superintendent? He sure was. His, his son is my best friend, Stop like my it. brother Nicky Warner. I, I know Doctor Warner. I got chills. So good. Such a good man, Doctor Warner. All heart and uh, very special human being. Yeah, he was a big part of our lives. You know, my four years there, and and the cool thing about when I was there for my, my four years, um, we all our older siblings, my all my closest friends, all their siblings were four years apart too. Oh, wow. So like there was this like legacy of that eight was the years. same. That was the same with me and my sister. She yeah. was a senior when I was a freshman. Yeah. Like so we had that like. And they, and everybody had a brother or sister who was like a friend. And they knew us coming in from yeah. grade school, like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is the four, like the, the seniors are graduating, but then their 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 brothers and sisters are coming in <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the next round of yeah, yeah. my last name's Webb, another round of Webb. Yeah, the webs know? are coming. <laughs> the webs are coming. Oh, so we have we have a whole nother connection too then, man. It's That's real crazy. powerful. Yeah. Dr. Warner was a really special human. He's I, I imagine he's no longer with us. He's though. still with us. Stop it. He's still with us. He lives down in Maryland. He is Good a ordained minister. He's amazing. Me too. But but I'm sure he does it better than Yeah, me. he's a little bit, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on where you're preaching. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know? I was doing weddings on the side to make, yeah. you know, to make to pay my rent. I'm sure, man. We're going to get into it. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I went to Long Branch. You know what that means, man. Sure, big legacy The there. rivalry, man. Uh, they don't play the game on Thanksgiving. I looked at it. I was like, I was like, oh, shit, I could walk to the game. Now, I could walk to it when I live in Long Branch. But I That's was, a big game. That was my That was my last high school football game. So you play? Holy shit! So oh yeah, yeah. So so I'll tell you a story real quick. Yeah. So my last high school football game was at Red Bank against Long Branch at Long Branch, and so Danny and Billy George. Yep. You know, George. I know, of course. So Billy George was my Markham Place, um, my Markham Place gym teacher. Billy, Billy George, George and I. Um, yeah. Billy, Similar in age. Yeah, he was. I think he was two years older than me. Okay, because you're sixty-eight. Tom, yeah, Tommy was his younger brother was yeah. a year. Younger than me, and Danny was same age as my sister. He was a quarterback when yes. I was at, when I was in high school. So, so Dan, so Billy was my grade school gym teacher, and he physically he picked me up over his head and threw me on a giant mat in grade school. Yeah, that was a big that, kid. That sounds like I, I could handle that. Yeah, was but Billy that's George. like that's like. But in high Long school, my senior year, Billy was on Long Branch side. Danny was on um, Red Bank side, and they were both Long Branch guys. Yeah. And we we lost, right? We lost to Long Branch. That was a big deal. It was my last high school football game. I, I was able, luckily enough, I went off. I made All Shore, and I played the All Shore game that year, which was really powerful. And that was because of Martucci at at Matawan was like the the vote that voted me in to make All Shore, and I was second team, and it was a big deal for me because I was a little guy, but a big little guy. And long with the short, I was on the field, and we lost the game. And I'm crouched down, and I have a helmet down. It was like just kind of taking it all in after our loss. And some kid from Long Branch side walks over to me, and I get emotional about this stuff, but. <clears throat> he said, he's like, it's okay, 73. It's okay, because it was number 73. Yeah. He's like, okay, 73, you played a good game. A little kid. It was yeah. like a, it was like a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's okay, 73. <laughs> you played a great game, or whatever he said. Yeah. And, and it was just like, 
man, like that stuff just stays with you. And yeah. like, and having brothers across the field, like, can you imagine the weeks leading up to that game? You know, and like, oh, yeah. like between them two, <laughs> yeah, man. and then us on the field, yo, that superpower. Everyone I, played their their goddamn heart out. That so thing, I was, know? yeah, I was, I was in grad school then, so I was down in Camden, so I wasn't around for that shit, right? But, Powerful. That's kind of crazy. That that the, the I mean that's that's the kind of that's the kind of family they were. That like they totally they, all of them. And that was really where I learned leave it on the field. Like yeah. I I when I say that out loud to somebody, I was like leave it on the field. Like what do you mean? I was like okay, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Like leave it on the field because when you walk off that field, you take off your cleats, you go on to to, to live another day, to do another thing, and like that energy. You know, we talk about man versus food. It was if it wasn't for if it wasn't for team sports, I don't think man versus food would have lasted a season with me. If it yeah. was just if I didn't have that sport mentality, because uh, you know it's a show, sure, but it's as real as it gets for that last hour when you you know you're competing against food, and it's like I had to go somewhere else. You know, yeah, man, I can't wait to unpack that because oh, we're gonna unpack it. Yeah, okay. we're gonna unpack that, but like, um, so you said so Martucci got you. All Shore, congratulations! Yeah, that shit. I did. I that was powerful. Didn't man. make All Shore, but I did all right. I I ran track. I was a track guy, so I was like six in the conference in the eight hundred. Uh, you know, third in Central Jersey. One, you know, shit like that. Um, I mean, any sort of like uh, um, recognition at that time, because you know, like there's there's a there's a there's a longer story there, but like um, there was a legacy. Like again, like we, when we were. We were four years apart from all our older siblings, and mm-hmm. like we knew what we were getting into. When you yep. got, when you made, you know, I was a sophomore, made made varsity. It's like, what does that mean? And I was a troubled kid. I, like my parents got divorced, and I, all this, whatever. I don't want to get into that, but it was like it it saved my life. It, it really saved, gave me direction, gave me focus. And then when I was done playing, I went to college for my first year at a, at a high school. I played college football. Where'd you go? I went to a small division three school in Pennsylvania, Wilkes, okay. Wilkes University. I've heard of it. Yep. it was Wilkes College then, yep. but. That's when I decided I wanted to. I started acting, so I went from sports to acting, and it, it you know, if I didn't have all that experience, um, I, I don't think I could have made it to where I am now, thick and thin through the business of show business or living in New York City and pursuing you know acting and and just trying to live there, you know. So it really gave me you know um, not the spinal calm, but just 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 the the ability to work through stuff. Yeah. To like get through the next the next yard the next down you right. know like right. wait push yourself a little bit further than you used to you know um and I you know at forty six you know I'm still still I I work out like you know um twenty six you know yeah, yeah yeah when I was forty six I could work out like forty six <laughs> now I'm fifty four I work out like I'm fucking fifty four hey you doing, man oh, you look good though thanks man you got a smile I, on your face I do it that's thanks mom yeah uh, that's my mom yeah that's the yeah, genetics that's yeah, genetics sure. man. Yeah, yeah. that's just <laughs> <laughs> I have hair because of my mom. I have a lot of red hair because of my mom. That's awesome. Um, so you played football in high school, yeah. um, but in your bio, you got your first job at a local at a pizza joint. Yeah, uh, where what pizza joint was it? Because we're local. This is going to be like the hyper local, yeah, Jersey super hyper local Jersey episode. Uh, so I lived in a little silver. So I lived on a uh, street called Willow Drive, which brings you all the way to the train station from the yep. um, firehouse. And yep. so at the at the actual train station is a place called Danny's Pizza. You worked at, I was, you worked at Danny's. Danny's. I used to go to Danny's all yeah, the Danny, time. Yeah, I mean, Danny was, Danny's Pizza wasn't only pizza and subs. It was like an experience because like a lot of young people worked there. Um, it, it was, yeah, I, I got my, I, I cut my teeth on those dishes in Danny's Pizza. Yeah, I used to, um, I had a cousin who was older. Actually, he was four years older and he always used to take me. We would come to Danny's 
and get like a slice and share a hoagie. This yeah, was yeah. like this is like in the eighties, right? You know, yeah, no, sure. Yeah, and you, get, you got a sub it, and a slice yeah. too, because like, subs are real good. Yeah, subs are real good. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know Willow, I know Willow, Willow Deli. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. Willow Deli's still there. I know, still there. Close I was there? That was there a couple days ago. I need to go there. We used to go to Willow Deli. It's kind of the same. I believe it. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like um, there's a couple places. Willow Deli's still there. What's the place on? Is it Rumson Road and Prospect? That little red Barney place is still there. That's an old timey place. God, I can't think of the name of it right now. Rumson Road and Prospect. Is it Rumps? Is it River Road? Okay, so you know. You're going down Branch. You're in Little Silver. You're in Little Silver. That clusterfuck light. You make the left. You um, and it's just past Prospect. Oh my God, I can I, I can see it. Is it Prospect Deli? It's next. It's it's, dude. It's next to the farm. You know, it's a red house. You know. Oh wait, the that um, what? So where's it again? <laughs> Didn't you live in Little Silver? No, I did. did okay. <laughs> All right, so um, all right. Uh, if you if you go if you say okay, so you go down Tower Hill, you go to Prospect. Tower right? Hill, yep. yeah, yeah. Let's do it that way. You go Prospect, you keep going straight, you go into Little Silver proper. You got to, but but if you yes. make a left at that light, there's a like a deli. It's called the Red uh, the something spot. It's a red building. It's old. Is it still there? Was the last time you went through a little? I don't know, man. Uh, today, <laughs> yeah, actually, did he see all right, it? So bump that. All right, so that's place. But you know what place is that, that place on Locust is still there too. You know that place I'm talking about, like on the corner. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I'm thinking. But there's also places, but that that place on Lo- But what I love is that there's these places that are have been around for 80, 60 fucking years or whatever, man. You know, the, structurally, the buildings are there, and people, you know, with the red barn where you're talking yeah. about in Locust or Navasink, yeah, yeah. it's. Um, Someone else took it over, yeah. and they they kind of resuscitated, brought it back to life. Yeah. And they're slinging sandwiches and soup and doing catering out of there. And it's like the the structure is still there, and because it, it, it's like a but it's a new one. It's not the same thing. Yeah, someone yeah. someone actually sold off on that, but like they're still pumping out food, right. which is like what brings people together. Which exactly. is amazing. It's like right. oh, there's a reason to stop there. It's not just it's not just a residence because if that store wasn't there, the rest of it is residential. Yeah, and that little part of that town yeah. that feeds yourself into Hartshorn Woods. Yep. Or goes up into Middletown to all the horse farms. Yep. Um, it's one place you can stop, grab yourself some soup when it's cold, yep. grab a sandwich or two, yep. grab some drinks, and yep. it's like it's still someone kept it alive. I actually looked at that property. I was like, this could be a really good place. And then you know, someone else swept it up. Yeah, but um, Willow Deli was the spot I would get sandwiches because we would go to like I. Have you seen this fucking documentary? Class Action Park about Action Park. Did you ever make it to Action Park? Uh, yeah, we uh, Dude, we, we used to go all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have no idea how dangerous it was. But like, no one, like our parents, <clears throat> didn't know so much. Like they brought us there. I, yeah. I didn't drive there myself. Oh my God. No, I, I was like my I was brother 18, in, yeah. insisted that we go, and so you know my parents were like, "Okay, go." We'd probably be my mom or my dad, or never both for whatever reason. They're all doing their own thing, but uh, yeah, I remember how cold the water was. It was the cold because it's mountain water. Yeah, it's mountain. I think Mountain Creek is right there. Yeah, too. yeah. So it, it was probably the coldest place on the planet. But like you know, the Tarzan swing where you swing out if you don't fall to you know to right. your death, you fall into frigid forty eight degree weather. You and know, this water. is like it's be ninety five degrees out, and that water is so fucking cold. Yeah, yeah you might die. You might, yeah. there, people actually. The thing is, you didn't see the people being. You know, I know. I never like I watched this. Mo- I watched arrested. this movie. I'm like, people died. People were dying all around me. I'm like, woohoo! 
And and you know the thing is we didn't know that then, but now you know it's it, it, you see so much of it on social media. It's like you know like you see wow. these idiots doing stupid <laughs> shit. Like what are you doing, you stupid fuck? Right? But like if we were doing one that. of the things. What was it? The the concrete, the luge, the luge. You had you had one break and you're on concrete and you're on basically oh, a, sh- a real shitty you're, sled, right, you know, from right, that you would right. that you would barely use during the wintertime right. on snow. But there's there's a lever that, that's going to stop you from you know from crashing. And you're careening down a hill, you're a mountain careening. Yeah, it was a mountain. It was a and mountain. And there's rocks I mean, on either side. On either side. And you're 11. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, dude, the dude flew off and hit his head. I'm, I'm, I, you know, and it was like badge of honor. That's probably from Action Park. Like you scrape your elbow, you scrape your knee. I definitely, if looking at my body under a microscope, there's definitely some action on my body from Action Park. <laughs> <laughs> but that was always my, it's so funny. That was like where I get my sandwiches when we go to Action Park every summer. Oh, so you, you, you get a Willow Deli sandwich and then hit yeah, the park away and go up yeah, north. Put them in the, I'm really curious there. about this other place you're talking about. Where is this I, other place? I don't know. I have to look at my phone. I can't. I'm trying to think what the other place is. You're gonna edit this, right? No, not really. <laughs> I don't really. I don't really edit it. That's why I just do. Yeah, editing is for the birds. It is. It takes man. too much time. Come on, man. Time and money. Time and money. <laughs> <laughs> it two costs things a lot of money. I had a wide you did not have. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you said you went to Wilkes College and um. Yeah, that like, was fun. And it was to play football, right? I mean, you went. You the went, only reason I went there. Yeah. And they they I was lucky enough to get um a bit of a stipend. Okay. <laughs> to go there, which like made sense to both my head coach of football and my dad. It's like, go check it out. Why not? Okay. And uh, yeah, you know, I was kind of a fish out of water. I was like a buck 85. My hair was pretty long. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm 46 and my last tattoo I got when I was 18 and I have several of them. So like, I was young. Oh, I thought I knew everything. Curve, man. What's it? Yeah. I, yeah. I had an older brother. I always blame yeah, my older yeah, brother. Yeah. I was like, my older brother taught me how to do all these things. I just, you know, like we... Having older siblings, we just grew up fast for whatever reason we just did. But we just had a sense about, you know, we we we, we were pretty protective of our group. Mm-hmm. And so we kept ourselves safe. But, um, yeah, when I was there, it just it, – it, honestly, I realized I did really well, right? It was like, oh, I can do this. I'm good at it. But there was no spirit or, or life in it anymore for me. And I actually chose to leave. Okay. Like, you know, and it was okay. just one of those things. I wrote this long letter. I had like three pages of a yellow – um, a legal pad, and I wrote this letter to my father and my brother because you know I, I was I wanted them to be proud of me. So like I I, I told them that I was going to quit, and yeah. then and they were okay with that. But it was one of the hardest things I ever do because I never before that point I worked so hard to get there, and I never thought about quitting. And then I was actually choosing to quit. Yeah. So you know like, but sometimes you have to walk away from stuff. I and had that, that moment. And, and yeah, and, and like to, to know when you're 18 years old, I was 18. I was like, this is really hard for me. It wasn't, and it was a relationship with myself. It wasn't a relationship with another person. That's a different story. That's a different set of emotions. It was like, it was a relationship with myself yep. and my, you know, how I felt about my father and my brother. And like, yep. I wanted them to be proud of me, not be disappointed. So that was a real turning point. And then that really put all that energy into, into actually pursuing acting at did, 18. Now, the, so did you, what, what, did you have a class on acting or just you're watching TV? Like, I can so, do that? Like, what? So, two of my, cl- I'm sorry. Three of my closest friends. One was at Brookdale, going to Brookdale, okay. and that's what his parents told him he was going to do. You're not going anywhere. Go to Brookdale, and good, good for him because he wanted to go off and doing really well. Yeah. And then my two other buddies. One was getting his undergrad at, um, at University of Vermont, and he he minored in acting. Okay. And then my other buddy was at a conservatory in New York City. So three of my closest friends that all played sports 
were pursuing acting. And I was like, oh, maybe this is something I should consider, you know? So I auditioned at Brookdale on some some random play, and I went up on the stage, Brookdale stage, and I auditioned for this play, and and I failed. I just, like, I, I didn't crush it. I got crushed by it, you know? <laughs> and then at that moment, I realized, like, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, this is something that I, I could I could overcome this. And I'd already overcome a lot of other stuff that led me to play sports and then like I, I could excel at. I had an example of getting through the bullshit mm-hmm. and like pushing through stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Anyway, it's going to take some work, but I can do this. So I enrolled, took the first class. It was an improv class. And then it just, it led me to taking private classes in New York City. You know, I, I think I told you the story off camera, but... My my really one of the guys that was pursuing acting at University of Vermont, he wound up getting going. Um, he, we wound up auditioning for him to get into New School Actor Studio okay. with James Lipton. Yes, and he got in. You know, okay. so I mean, I wasn't getting my. I didn't have my undergrad, so I wasn't going to graduate school. But I got the. In, you know, at the time as a young actor to audition f- in front of James Lipton. Um, that meant everything, and he got my friend got in. So like, it, it had more to do with him getting in than me. But it was like, oh okay, like, awesome. Like I I, I did my part to help you. Like and like yeah, and but, fuck it, I mean, like I it mean, felt good. It felt good to be that friend, and you know, like you know. Yeah, but like to be that friend who like I mean, you know, I, I it, it's we talked about this in the in the twenty questions before the poor about uh, James Lipton was iconic and like. Anybody who um, was alive to see that show um, is on one level sad they're not going to get to sit down in that chair and get asked those <laughs> questions about True, him. because he was really, there was no one else doing that then kind of thing. No one did that thing. It really break down. Yeah. And, and like they weren't, the thing is like they were actors for a long time and then it became about, a, it became about artists. Right. And that was really powerful. Some people were like, oh, you know, but it, it, it was about artists and that, that was important, I think. And... You know, like there was, it was a finite amount of time, and such is life. There's only so much time mm-hmm. we have. Right? Whether you're going to be interviewed by that famous guy that interviews people, you know, and but it, it, what it, what it was for me was like um, it was just an opportunity to just test your skills and win, lose, or draw. I gave it everything. Like I don't, you know, I I, I can't say I've. <laughs> You know, hopefully I've done better since then because I can only imagine what that looked like. Mm-hmm. My friend got in because he had good credits, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they're paying to go to you know, get their master's program. Yeah. But I felt like we did we did a good scene, you know. So yeah. I don't know. That's super cool. So um, you're at Brookdale, which is our local community college. Did you ever ask yourself this question? Like, <laughs> yeah, a every, lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't answer. I didn't, you didn't ask, ask the question. Didn't ask yet. question yet, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, why is it Ocean County College, Essex County College, Hudson County College, every county college, Cumberland, Middlesex? Every county in, in the yeah. state? Yeah, and then we get Brookdale. Like, are we that fancy here in Monmouth County? We get Brookdale Community College. Yeah, I never actually asked, my, I know. asked myself that question. I only use my answer because I used to work in education, so I was like, why? And I was like, well, Monmouth County And what is, is kinda, a Brookdale? It is, it, it's a- Is it a, a bird? I know what a- Brook is, but what is a dale? A dale is like hill and dale, right? Right. Yeah. So it was it, maybe maybe it was super fancy. I mean, it kind of. I think it has to do with. Um, he's looking something up. I love it. It has to do with. I think it would have to do with um, how schmancy Monmouth County is. Is it though? It, it's Monmouth. Do we know that? You know, a dale, a dale, valley, a valley, especially a broad one. Because you know, well, because Brookdale is butt up against. It's a, oh, there you go. Hold on. 
I, I love this. This uh, Brookdale is the name of many settlements, institutions, and businesses in English-speaking countries. So that shit is not even fucking fancy. Fuck you, Brookdale. It's not. Wow. Wait. Urban <laughs> I, Dictionary I smells awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now you're poo-pooing on my all. No, mind. actually, I, I, what you said before, like my dad was like, you could go to Brookdale, but fortunately, I got a scholarship to Monmouth College. Uh, before it was university, before yeah. Before university, I, I'm old. Like, did you run tractor? I did run tractor yeah. for a few. How'd it go? It went good for a, a little bit. Yeah. And then I had that moment of truth, and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna make the Olympics. Moment of truth is a big thing, and then yeah. I, I, I would, I would probably um, cherry pick that and say the same thing because I realized, like, you know what, like, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go pro with this yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm not gonna be, yeah. I'm not gonna play the NFL. I'm yeah. five nine. You know, yeah. I'm not six two like my brother. Oh, oh, you know, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, if you went to Long Branch, Sam Mills was 5'9". He played in the NFL, just saying. But what, do you, what position did he play? played linebacker. Oh. Middle linebacker. Went to Montclair State, and then he was in the USFL. True story. True story, USFL. And then he made his way to the NFL. Jim Moore was his coach, brought him on to the fucking Saints, and then and played for like 15 years in the league. Oh, when the Saints go yeah, marching. Have you been to a Saints game? No. I was lucky enough to do... Um, it's got to be sick. It was me. So, so I was. I did a. I did. Friends of mine got married, and I actually did the wedding ceremony because I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> I used to <laughs> do a lot. About I used that. to do a lot of weddings. I, I did as it was a gig. It paid my rent. I did a lot of a lot of weddings. Sixty, I think total. But I was asked. My friends asked me to do their their um, wedding ceremony in New Orleans. It was amazing. I was there too long. I was there like ten days. So uh, the day after the wedding, we all went to a Saints game, and like I didn't want to show up just in like rags or whatever clothing I was wearing for that ten days. So I went and brought a. I bought a Drew Brees jersey just to just to fit in. Um and didn't you know at the time I thought Drew Drew was great. Uh he was a great quarterback and uh it was one of the best football experiences personally I've ever had. Only because the fans are just so into the game and it was just there's a lot of camaraderie and it, the place shook, you know? And that's mm -hmm. the kind of and like it's one of the only you know, not every city has in the inner city has their arena and it was just it was just really special if you like sports if you like football it was just a super powerful experience and so i wore that jersey i bought a jersey i still have it nice. i don't wear it but <laughs> <laughs> i was like ah, i'm gonna show up pro i don't want to show a prop i don't want to show up you know an imposter i guess i was an imposter because i wore a drew Brees jersey and i'm a giants fan that's so freaking awesome so are you a giants fan um you're a philly fan no i'm not hell fucking no okay no 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 i'm Jets? uh I'm more of a Jets fan, to be, oh. to be truthful, but oh. I love I love the Cause Giants. It, why? Because the same colors as Long Branch, Long Branch, and '68. <laughs> I, I was born in '68. Last time they won a fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like I'm just. So growing up, you were a Jets fan. No, growing up, growing up, I was. I'll be honest, so this is a great question. Growing up, I started out a Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, but then I won't ask you why. But yeah, don't. I mean, America's team. Go sure, it was. It was big, 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 big star. I mean, they were, they were like, and they marketed so well. Think about it. We're America's team. A little kid. Yeah, you're like, oh, of, course. of course. You're like, F the Giants. Yeah, <laughs> F the Jets. Giants Philly Jets sucks. Suck. Like, and Philly never. <laughs> I live down in Philly. It's different now ish. But anyway, um, I got to go to the Super Bowl and uh, watch that game. When, who'd they, uh, that was uh, Patriots? Patriots, yeah. That was pretty. It was a last minute thing. Yeah, I was there in the city. We nice. filmed two episodes of Minneapolis and St. Paul, and like literally the day before I was leaving, they're like, 
we got you an extra ticket. And I got to watch that game. The second best experience in football. <laughs> Damn, that's that's pretty yeah. cool. But um To be I mean, being a Giants fan and watching Philly win was, you know Yeah, no, it's that's the root on Philly was like I mean, yeah. that's I gotta give it I gotta give it to it. But I mean I give it a gen. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, hijacking. No, no, you're not we're talking I love this. This is beautiful. Um the Giants, I tell people, in my opinion, um uh Eli is a better big game quarterback than Peyton. Like, oh, where did that come from? Because, because he's because <laughs> when the Giant when the Giants win the Super Bowl with Eli, they would fucking win. Yeah, but it was like watching Don Knotts, you know, playing <laughs> football. Quite honestly, you know, they won though. You know, it was like, but then it was almost like Benny Hill. Like, but they they did win. Like, there's no joke. He came dude, through, and they dude, did he win. Came through, and that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Team, it's a team sport. I mean, because I mean, Peyton would be fucking. I'm glad you know who Don Knotts I mean, is. That's good. Peyton, Peyton, Peyton would rip it up year after year during the season. In Just a powerhouse. Hole, yeah, yeah. Powerhouse. And then Eli would be like, it's like, it's like, but they won. And then they go to the fucking Super Bowl and he's like, swap, swap, swap. Yeah. You know, that's the hardest part about watching those wins only if if, if I, I wish I just listened to it on the radio because I would never have to ever seen his face, <laughs> his pouty face. That was the only problem I ever had with him. It was his pouty face. He wore it. And like I can relate because I wear pretty much everything on my face. Like every expression I just wear on my face. Just, just that. That's how my face is. And I get it. And I think why I resented his pouty face so much is because I'm I'm very much like Eli Manning in that regard. Like I wear every expression <laughs> on my face because he was so pouty about it. It's like I don't want to see it. Yeah. Don't show me the work. Fucking tighten up, man. It's like, don't show me the don't work. Don't show me the work. To tighten up and just do the job, you know. And it's like, oh, you know, it was very emotional, very dramatic, you know. Yeah. But it, they won. They won games. Yeah. And they won, won the games. Super Bowl. But to answer your question, during the eighties, um, because I re- I was a track guy, so I was fa- I love playing football, but I was a little guy. Like you talk about, like, like little like, and fast, yeah. Yeah, I was little and fast. So yeah. I, my mom wouldn't let me play football. It's when you get hurt. Yeah, but yeah. I but like you like people like I could I never dropped the pass. Like I just could catch. So I just started liking players and teams, and I loved Air Coriel. Like when when Don when Air, when Don Coriel was a quarterback and Dan Fouts and fucking John Jefferson and Kellen Winslow and Charlie Joyner, they were just throwing bombs. And I just love that style of play. It's so it was almost like ballet because they're like, Whew, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, the game is different. You yeah, know? it's like, it, you know, it's because it like a lot of things happen uh, at the line of scrimmage, and that's exciting because that's where I was. Yeah, I guess right, you know, it's like, right. holy shit, look at everything that's going on, all the impact, and then it's like, but the gazelles, yeah. leaping, dude, they were <laughs> sick. And then and and like to my to this day, the greatest football game was that Miami, San Diego. Playoff game, Kellen Winslow. What year is that? Fuck, that's like eighty. Yeah. I gotta go eighty-three. I have to. Okay. I was six. Yeah, I know. We cable. You need to go watch. Listen, <laughs> Kellen Winslow, not like caught over like over a hundred yards, a couple times, and then he came. Who was the tight end? And then came in and blocked the fucking kick. They carried him onto the field, and he blocked the. I mean, it was, and it was, it was the first time they did the flip. Uh, Miami Dolphins did the flip. The guy was coming down. He's the flipper because yeah, he's the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Um, Faster like, than like some lightning. Like, like, some, like some shit we would play in the streets happen. Right, street program. ball yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it worked. Sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that stuff happened in college a lot. Like, you didn't see an NFL a lot, maybe here and there, but like, like the coach was like, oh shit, we're going to do the flip. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's going to work right now is the flip. Right, like, exactly. like what? Like the flip. Like, so like, we're gonna, you're going to do a button hook. And, and the thing is, they, got, they probably got real excited about that because they practiced it during practice. Right. And like they never did it in a game. It's just like, we're going to do the flip. And they're like, what the fuck's the flip? You know? Live and are like, what's the flip? Like, oh, that thing. We oh, that thing. Okay, block. Just block. You know, big guy. You know, so the funny. flip is a good place to take a quick break. We're gonna take a quick oh. break. I'll be right back. We'll be right back. We're more Casey. Woo! All right, we're back. My cheeks are rosy. <laughs> he's he's like he's Casey's like doing his thing. His cheeks are rosy. This wine is beautiful, by the way. Um, I mean, it's 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 forty eight years old. It's forty eight years old. <laughs> It's it's That's incredible. It, I mean it's like I said it's coming more now into its secondary characteristics but still yeah it's dry got, dry it, fruit yeah but it's got it's nice and fleshy good mouthfeel um still still talking about wine right yeah I mean my last episode I literally uh, that just dropped on Monday I was talking to a winemaker and and he actually makes Pinot and Chard shout out to Greg Brewer but like you said still about wine like I was like you know what Greg like this wine is like I was like I was like fuck it it's my pocket I'm saying I'm like it's like when you go when you're hooking up with a girl like oh shit <laughs> they're bigger than I thought right like like the bra comes over like oh so this wine is are we on a break right now no we're not <laughs> told you this is how we roll wow you're just talking time. about talking about boobies and yeah and making out chicks yeah mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they do love this show here. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, um, talking about the wine, it is fleshy, it's voluptuous, it's sexy, and that's kind of what hooked me into wine. So let's talk about. Um, is there, did you, were you serious about a break, though? Yeah, we did. We took the break already. We're good. Oh, okay. So yeah. I could definitely use the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, if you need to, if you need to run, man, we could take another break. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. It's all, you know. You good. don't want to do editing, right? I can, I can edit. Yeah, exactly. Christian, want to come in here, man? It's all good, man. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Don't worry, man. Hey, Christian, nice to meet you. Your dog made me the highlight of my Snapchat. Oh, that's dope. His name is Iggy, by the way. Oh, Iggy. Yeah, he's like that. All right, all right. Like Iggy Pop. I love that dog. How goes life? Uh, life? Life is fundamentally rock bottom good. Life is good. I cannot complain. You know, getting guests like a Casey Webb up in here and chilling. Nice. Um, how you been? Honestly? Yeah, honestly. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Can we say what, you know, what's so funny when she's laughing? No, lie to me. Like, for the most part, like, I would love to hear. <laughs> no, um, three weekends ago, I got to direct for the first time in like five years. I made a oh, really. Shit. Me and 20 people. We made a really dope short film called Just Dessert. Oh, congratulations, man. That's and what's up. It was up. really, really cool because it was the first time I directed in a while. Mm-hmm. So I go in and I'm nervous, but like, my thing is, is I always want to bring the energy. And yep. I always want to, I always want to bring good vibes because I've been on film sets where it sucks to work. Yep. And I never want that to be felt for other people. Right. So, I I was getting messages from my crew, 
like a week after the shoot, my favorite, and all of them were basically the same, where it was like, I've never worked with a director like you, and you killed it. Thank you so much for that experience. I was like, wow. I just left that over the air now. So I'm still riding that high. I love it. In the middle of that chaos, I met someone from my childhood. I met this this guy, Alan, who was Alan on Sesame Street. Alan. Oh, nice. So I was just geeking it, because I only realized it in the middle of it, because I met him for like five seconds in a haze of chaos of picking up gear. The, the guy, the actual Alan from yeah. Sesame Street? That's yeah. great. Where, wait, where were you? I was at the New York Film Center building. I was walking oh, out cool. picking up here from my old school. And he's also walking out. And I'm like, oh my God, Alan from Sesame Street. You were my childhood, man. And he was like, thank you so much. I couldn't take a picture. But he was very, very nice and very, very sweet. Nice. So, I'm still riding the high. Man. Yeah, ride the, ride the Alan high. <laughs> riding high on Alan. <laughs> Huffing Alan. Yes. Take a little, Good take a little snooze, buddy. Oh, like, he was out like a light. Oh yeah, he'll snore, man. He'll like make noises. You good, buddy? We'll go outside soon, me. buddy. We'll go outside. We'll go take a take a little break. Are you ready, my man? I'm ready. Right. Flexing out. Yeah. This is 54. So. Yes, this is 54. <laughs> Shit. How you feel? I'm good. This is good. I'm great. I love that it still has legs. Yeah. All right. Murky waters, but it's still... Yeah, but that's to be expected. Okay, we're really back now. <laughs> All right, man, so we were we were just riffing on college football, the, the Giants. Yeah, we went back to glory days. Yeah. We definitely glory-dated. Yeah. Um, so um, when did you decide to move to New York City? I... So I study... I was at Brookdale... And I was going through their their acting program, and I did this forensics program, which was uh, it was a, it was a it was a club. So forensics was a speech competition. So we yep. traveled around the country, and we did we competed. So we went to Vancouver, we went to Portugal. I was like, whoa, for acting, I get to do this stuff. Um, so you know, I, I was doing that stuff, and then there was a guy in Red Bank called the uh, John Eyed at the Actors Training Institute, which is above Buena Sera, was. Okay. It was fins and feathers at the time. It was a, <laughs> no one realizes that Buena Sera was a pet store. Because fins and feathers is now. They moved. They're tiny, yeah, yeah. though. Tiny little baby shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was okay. right on the corner gotcha. of Broad Street yep. and Mammoth. Above it was this little acting studio where this guy was from New York, and he taught you, you know, his 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 idea of acting, which was a mixture of all the, you know, the philosophies of acting. So I studied there, and then it was like, it's time to go. So it's time to go to the city. So I was commuting to the city, um, uh, to take classes. Yeah. There's a place called HB Studios or Herbert Berghoff Studios taking these summer classes and just like on technique. So I had, I had like where my friends definitely had a very focused, you know, curriculum with acting. I had like a mishmash of stuff. I was doing sketch comedy. I was doing improv. I was doing stand-up. I was doing acting techniques. So it was kind of like my own portfolio of you know, because that's what I could afford. Yeah. It's really what it was. Like, yep. My parents were like, there's no money for you to act. Go act. You right. know, and so I was like, okay. And um, so I decided, my, you know, I moved into the city in the late 90s. 
And um, so at the time, a really close friend of mine was going to New School Actor Studio, but some of those teachers taught outside the school. Sure, sure. So sure. Barbara Portier, who was of the actor studio, went to the actor studio um, in the 60s, was like the seasoned older black woman mm-hmm. who just like, she called all your bullshit, you know? It's like, there's no question of like, like I felt I was getting the, the actor studio experience just through her mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh, you know on a tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon for four hours you know it was like and it was worth every dollar um because she didn't you know she didn't hold you know she didn't hold back and it's like that's kind of what you needed you kind of needed like a disciplinarian you know um and i think she was at the time drinking a little scotch and milk at the same time Good you for know her yes coat the belly <laughs> exactly. a little bit um, she was super powerful and that was, that was for me, that was like probably, um, outside of technique and the other classes that I was taking and pursuing it, she put life into the work, mm-hmm. you know, like own that shit. Yeah. She's like, I don't believe you do it again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe you. Like, just like, almost like you're getting slapped, right. you know, like mommy dearest, like no wire hangers, like, <laughs> but, but she was doing it with her words and her right. face and it was right. like, she meant it. She's like, I want it for you. You know? And it was like, it was really powerful. And I don't really talk about the stuff, which is interesting that you bring it up because it, um, it's, has served me my whole life. You know, like yeah. I was always, I was always best coach. Like on my own, I was adrift, just, mm-hmm. a, just, a, mm-hmm. just a uh, imaginative kid, just wandering the world. You mm-hmm. know, I call it ADHD. I was definitely diagnosed as a kid. You know, parents were like no drugs, never did the drugs for that for that thing. But it was like the teachers that taught you, um, and she was one of them that really gave you all of it. And in that, you know, that period of time or that the period of time for that class, and it was like it was everything. Mm-hmm. And then she also taught you to go go audition. Go work, like yeah. fuck this class, like like yeah, do this class, great. I need to pay my rent too, but like go work, like yeah. go figure it out, yeah. and like and so that was something that was like oh you know like I didn't have to go spend this much money on conservatory or yeah go to yeah. um you know uh, get my masters yeah. in something yeah. I was like I was mastering it this way you know so you know there's there's many roads is the point you know it's like you know and and um. I don't know. It was it was honest and real at the time, and it served me then, and it still serves me now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's great. We were talking earlier in the, in the pregame, the pre-show about books, and I was telling you how I like McConaughey's book, and he talked about how he was at UT Film School, mm. and um, he didn't go to class. He and he told the dean, he's like, "Listen, man, I'm, you know, you, you listen, I get like this theory, but like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right." But he was like, he was like, "But like, you know, I'm competing against people in New York and LA who are working. Like, they don't people don't give a shit like what theory you know. Like, they want to see a resume. So like, it's great that she told you to go out there and audition and audition audition. Um, how did you support yourself when you were um, an audition when you were a struggling auteur?" <laughs> Thespian? Yes. Uh, when I was thespying, yes. I work in restaurants. I, you know, I, 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 before I moved to New York City, I was working the, a lot of the back of the house, and then I moved my way to the front of the house. The back of the house would be the kitchen, yep. from dishwashing to yep. line cook to everything in between. And then we realized like there's more money out front, there's more people out front, and I was I was a little too chatty for the kitchen. I think after a while, <laughs> so it was like get out and go earn your money and um, use that mouthpiece for something. So it was basically waiting tables and bartending for a long time. Uh, and it paid the bills and it served me, um, to live in New York city. I was there 98 to 2001. 
9-11 happened. I was like, I'm out. Yep. I left. Yep. I came back here okay. to Jersey. A friend of mine opened a restaurant, or he took over a restaurant that he was um, that he was a, he was a chef at. So we ran this place for a few years together. What place was that? Uh, it's still there. It's uh, it's it's on West Park Avenue in Cobblestone Village. Called Piccolo Italia. Very okay. good friend of mine. I went yeah, to I know West Park. high school with. Nice. We played football together. Cool. He went to CIA, and you know, learned just even just. Like the guy, I mean, to this day, he's butchering everything. Everything comes in fresh, and he, you know, it goes, See, everything I, he touches goes out to the I plate. I need to know this. I grew up here, and then I had to leave. Um, and so, like, I don't wait. Were you forced out? What yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. There was. There was, uh, was tiki torches. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, <laughs> no. Um, you wanted to go. Yeah. No. I had for your to go. own person. I had to go. I had to go. But so, like, now That's that good, I'm back though. and having I'm in, to go is good. Yeah. And I'm in food and wine, and like, I'm like, I'm actually reestablished. Like, I'm more known outside of my. But like, it's good to know these places. Like, sure. Like, I didn't know. Like, there's somebody who's butchering their own freaking meat. Like, I mean. Oh yeah. That's I so mean, dope. Yeah, from snout to tail, yeah. fish. From the Rudy to the Tootie. From the Rudy to the Tootie. Um, and he's just a, I mean, I don't know anyone that works as hard as he does, and it's his own place, and he's doing everything. He's there every day. There's, you know, there's no one stepping in for him. So we worked together close, very close mm-hmm. for three years. And, and like, I was, I was like, I was taking the train to audition for stuff on my days yeah. off just yeah. because it was like, there's still this threat of thing, threat of a thing. And, you know what kept you going though, like because like it, this shit like we we mentioned this earlier, but this shit is this shit is hard. Yeah, you talked about sports, but like, okay, so I mean you you like like yeah to get on the fucking train to go audition on your days off, like what what was what was driving you? Um, you know I I guess you know. It was just a sense of adventure for me. It was just like, because it's like anything is possible. You just got to show up. And it was all about showing up for me. Um, because for, you know, for sports, you got to show up. For my friend's restaurant, it's just me and him. And he asked me to, you know, drunkenly at the Celtic Cottage in Long Branch. He was like, I'm, I bought my restaurant with my dad and I want you to come help me. And I just come back from New York City and had all this New York City experience. Sure. And it, it was my friend that I that I love and honored. And we played we played football, you know, next to each other, you know. And it was like, yes, there was no, there was no, never a no, you know. And for me, it was just showing up for him and showing up. Then it was really came down to showing up for myself. It was like, there's something still here for you that you want to do. Like, you, it's unresolved. Like, mm-hmm. you went, you know, and like, uh, uh, you know, this tragic thing happened to all of us and, 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 and you know, and it changed everyone's life. And <clears throat> for me, I needed to leave the city. I was done being in the city. I needed to be back to nature and, mm-hmm. and to, to, um, to come back home, you know, to get a sense of what that is, is, um, and you know, honestly, it was just like, it, it, it was one audition. Then it was another one. It was like, then the spark came back because I tried every job. I mm-hmm. really tried outside the restaurant industry. It was like, you know, my brother jokingly said, and it was like one of the first plays I did. And it was, um, you know, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, you're not an actor. Brad Pitt's an actor. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You know, like, he's like, I've been playing every down of football because of you, you know, <laughs> and like, you're going to say that. And so, you know, I think adversity plays a very important role in mm-hmm. a lot of like people's success. It's like when people tell you no, it's like F you. No, it's yes. Like, and, you know, I, I've just become... You know, for me, it was you know, it was is about saying yes and then choosing to say no, or you know, yes again it, later. Like just, 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 just take a step. Like mm-hmm. go in the direction in which you're being offered something, an opportunity, and it might not work for you, but you know, like at least try. And it was like again, it came back to sports. It's like the next down, the next foot. It's like fourth and goal. Da 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 da. In you know, the drill sergeant in my head, you know. 
um, it, it started with a you know like an old casting director called me and I was running this restaurant. He's like, I have a really this uh, there's really this great play. It's just like this local writer and you should meet her. And and then I wound up getting it. You know, I got the play and then I had to take off of work. And so I'm doing a play in New York City off Broadway. Okay. And then it just led to like oh like. Uh, that same casting director introduced me to a manager and then it was like oh an audition for a commercial and then it just started and that's happened three or four times in my life where I left it so many so many times where it just kept calling me back kept calling me back and eventually I wanted to move back to New York City and um, post Sandy another experience Jesus yeah so like there's these traumatic experiences that happen to everybody yep. just kind of like uh, when the dust settled I made decisions to change my life and I love um, that man it was just just like it just made sense. It's like my dad and I were living in this house in Red Bank, and it was like I was kind of house poor. I wasn't getting married. All my friends were getting married. Like I was like, I'm still like I'm I'm like taking the train. I'm taking the train from Red Bank to audition and come back the same day. Yep. Or go crash on a couch and spend a couple of days with my friends because mm-hmm. I got a few days off from the restaurant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, hell or high water. Really, it was just like I don't know. I, I always thought there was more and different. I wasn't necessarily settled having a nine to five job. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. And it was just like, it was about like the unknown that was more exciting than the known, truthfully. Yeah. Like, oh, you might fucking win the lottery or, you know, you can, you can depend on this regular paycheck. I was like, yeah, fuck the regular paycheck. Man. You know, like, I'll, I know I'll work. I'll Daddy have a job. <laughs> no, it's really rolled the dice. And yeah. it, like, I've rolled the dice more. So, me bringing this 19, this bottle of 1974 wine, could have been, it could have been vinegar. You know, it could have been salad dressing, but no, it's not. It turns out to be something good. It's so, delicious. that's kind of how I've lived my life. I you know? love it. And it's, so. thank you again. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm glad it wasn't skunked. <laughs> I, I'm, I, you know, it's like, I mean, it's, it's ballsy to bring an old bottle of wine. Yeah, that, I, I that, threw, that, I threw, that I you threw, got. That you got. I threw my ballsy from, bottle right on the from, table. From, from, from exactly. <laughs> that you got from a friend who bought an random, estate. Random. It's so totally random. random. Spun the wheel. And it was thirty bucks. I spent thirty bucks on that. That was thirty dollars. Jesus. I know. Um, that's, that's. I wonder what the market value. I was like, that literally <laughs> probably cost two bucks when it was released. Right. I wonder. I don't, I don't know. But like seventy four is a great. Seventy four was like a lot of the wines that were in the Judgment of Paris wasn't worse from seventy four. Seventy four is a, right. Is a, is a that great they, vintage in Napa Valley. Because they were they were te- they were they were tasting the wines of that year, year. in France, France, right? Right. And comparing so, so, them to French ones, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 like those were seventy fours because most yeah. wines are going to spend eighteen months in barrel, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah. So, um, and Sterling, I mean, now is like is like a supermarket brand, but like it was like one of like it I wasn't, had, it wasn't back then. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really I'm like Calistoga, Napa Valley. She could probably buy acres for like a thousand bucks. Not no more. Yeah. I might um, keep the bottle though. You should keep the bottle. No, you need, want to keep this bottle. This is this put a is, candle in it. Yeah, um, like we're in college. <laughs> this is totally put it um, put it in my put it in my coffee table. Wow, this one didn't even make it to the judge's parent because I'm reading. A, it says early. bottling took place in February '77, so they oh, so we were, we were early. They 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 were they were they were after the uh, uh, judgment of Paris because that was in '76. But this is '74, so this was yeah. So so they held this back. Hmm. They they kept this in oak for a minute. Good for them. It's a deeply scented wine, strong and varietal cat with a peeling oak background. I got, I got, the, I got a little of the oak. That's where the dried cherry but, things. But, going but you're getting <clears throat> fruit and acid for sure. Uh, and, and, and wait, I love this. This wine with its level of extract, twelve and a half percent alcohol. They, they said level of extract. Um, 
Yeah, how subtle and, is that? Yeah. yeah, and it's balanced between fruit and acid. It has ahead of it many years of positive development of bottle. And wow, 46 years old or some shit? 48. 48. Oh, I mean, it's 74, right? Well, 74, yeah. Yeah, 48. Wow. Um, so you're taking the train. You're doing, you're doing the gig. <laughs> you're Take the train. train. Taking the train. Taking the train. Get this off Broadway. And no one knows gig. anybody about, and no one knows nothing about anything. It's right. just like going to one audition, going to maybe two in that same day. And it was just like, <clears throat> I realized over time that I needed to get back. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, it was this po- uh, pre-Sandy. We sold the house 15 years to the day that the house was bought. Wow. And, um, and I moved to the city. And it, it was, uh, it was like the third time I lived in New York City from the time I was eight, my 21 to the time I was 38. And, um, and this was for real. It was like, I'm going to bartend. And I'm gonna I'm gonna audition. That's all I'm gonna do. That's what that's what I'm choosing to do. I you work at any cool bars when you are? I did. So I have friends of mine. You know, it's funny when you when I first went to New York, you have to have New York experience to work at a New York City restaurant. Yep. yep. So if you don't have New York experience, you can't get a job. Yeah. So how do you get a job? So you have to give someone has to give you a, an opportunity. You gotta get put on. So when I first moved there, I, I wound up getting a job at City Crab. Which was um, I don't know if you know where that was. No, it was right in Union Square, and it okay. was like it was like a Maryland style crab house, yep. and it was like just you got everything. You know, it was just big steaming piles of crab and everything that comes with a crab house that would be in New York City that would resemble a place in Maryland. And um, somehow I got that job, and then there I wound up getting hired. Um, a friend of mine worked at um, Be Our Guest, so okay. Steve Hansen had fifteen restaurants. Um, park. Um, I worked at a place called Ruby Foos, and then there was um, Park Avalon, Isabella's, Coconut Grill, Ocean Grill, like these big restaurants. Mm-hmm. And it was all about hospitality, and there was like a real infrastructure about uh, about service, about food knowledge, about wine knowledge. I went to wine college within that program. Got it. And like you know, eventually they want to give you a key, so you're a manager. So it's like it's like, hey, if you're not happy with your job. You can leave because there's 95 people that want right, your job. Right. So it's like you, you know, it's like white, ta- white, white buttoned up, you know, uh, shirt with with tie. All the restaurants were the same. The way you dressed, whether you were in this Pan Asian restaurant in Times Square where I worked at, uh, or you were at the high end seafood place. So, it, like, you learned a lot in a short period of time. So over the course of like three or four years, um, you know, they really emphasize um, hospitality service. Food knowledge and wine knowledge. So you know everything about it. You know everything on the menu. You know every wine. You know where it comes from. It was a really cool story. And, like, this is one of the biggest takeaways, other than the friendships that I've had. And there's a lot of stories. Um, one of them was the sushi chef um, at um, – I worked at the Uptown one. And I was, like – they used to have, like, MTV used to have their parties there. It was this crazy place. A lot of celebrities. The one in Times Square was a lot of the theater actors used to come in. Sure. And um, one day I'm, like – feeding this woman like a ruby food which is a cosmopolitan she's like oh i'm waiting for my daughter and she's in the vip section i'm like yeah okay whatever you need you know um i I do have two stories but one was about sushi one is about feeding um ruby foods or cosmopolitan cosmopolitan to this woman and she's like oh my daughter my daughter's coming like okay cool and like three of these go by and i was like oh she you know can get some food she's like no i'm gonna wait for my daughter and she's like she's like oh casey what do you do it's like oh i'm an actor i'm like i'm like 22 like i you know um I didn't have any other profession other than a waiter and actor. You know, I was like, so clearly I'm a waiter, and uh, you're asking me what I really want to do is I'm an actor. And she's like, oh, my daughter's here. And I'm like, I turn around, it's like, 
oh, it's like it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. So it's like, oh, can I get you something to drink? Your mom's had several martinis. Would you like something? She's like, I'll have a Diet Coke. And then like that was it, right? Um, that's the kind of the, that's the kind of New York uh, restaurant world that I lived in. It was just mm-hmm. like celebrities mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, but the sushi chef, which is more importantly, the sushi chef that, that more important than Jennifer Love Hewitt, Hewitt, Hewitt. <laughs> Are you sure this is twelve percent alcohol? I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, I think after I it's time it's become like, burgundy. It's a little boozy. It's a, it's a little boozy. Yeah. You know. Um, so the sushi chef, uh, Chef Omai, who basically taught us all about sushi, and so years would go by, and like a decade would go by, and I'm watching Iron Chef, and uh, Morimoto is competing, mm-hmm. whether it be Bobby Flay or who he's competing mm-hmm. against, and I see his sous chef. Is Chef Omai, Chef Omai, who taught us how to what sushi was, how to make it, what it meant, all this stuff. And I was like, I was so proud. I had never been more proud to see anybody else on TV. I was like, amazing. It was so great. And then he was at Morimoto, um, and I think they closed that location, which is in Chelsea Market, Mm -hmm. because I was auditioning when I wound up going back to New York City Mm -hmm. and living there. There was uh, a lot of places we would audition right on that 13th Street. Um, there's a bunch of studios there next to Chelsea Market because Food Network was upstairs. Mm-hmm. But m- I would see him getting coffee, and I was like, I went up to him, and I was like, ah. I was like, Do you remember me? He's like, ah, I don't know. I was like, But I worked it, and then he's like, You're oh, like, Come no. on, look at me. <laughs> but I was like thinner, and I had my head was shaved back hair. then, and, and uh, but it was like such a. I, w- I felt so good about. It. I was like, Oh, he's still doing it, and he was like, He was literally, you know, he. He was a guy on TV, and you don't bring just the slouch on TV. You bring the guy that's gonna, you know, who's who's gonna work, you know. And so, yeah, he, yeah, because those shows, I don't know, like you know, but but I've worked in restaurants. <clears throat> I would have to think, and then with cameras, like it's about the sous chef. It's about oh. it's about your crew. It's about the work. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah, it's yeah. about like okay, they focus so, on the work. Yeah, yeah. the show. The, the, it's like okay, so it's Bobby, but it's like. But people know what you. It's people you trust. You, they're they they're looking fire. at Bobby's face, but they're looking at the sous chef's hands. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's all about the work. And like he was just in, in, he was impeccable. So much so that Morimoto had him as his sous chef. So it was like that said a lot. Which, so, which I had Drew Nieperant on. So um, the precision of Morimoto. It's like it's like the sous chef is actually better than the chef. So it's like like I can't do this. So I need someone who's as good or better than me to execute this. Right, right. because like you can't, you can't, you can't. You know, it's like the organ grinder. You could, you could, you could crank the organ, but you can't be, you know, the little monkey who's dancing. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like <laughs> it's like one or the other. It's like you gotta, you know. So it's smart to have the best person yep. that represents you. Yeah. And like, and I felt that watching on TV. I was like, that's amazing. And like, then I ran into him later on. I'm like, like that to me is celebrity. Like, sure, I, you know, being in the business that I'm in, it's like you see a lot of people, and it's like I'm a total fanboy. Like, oh yeah, I love, yeah. you know, I love your work. I love what you do. But like to see an actual um to see chef omai doing his thing you know it was really i was really proud that's, i was proud great. i was proud i, I, I was love proud. that, I yeah, love that. So. so speaking of that um um how'd you land man versus food uh <clears throat> the backstory so i was back living in new york city and bartending and auditioning and and um you know there was, a, there was a point in my life where i was like man i hate bartending and i love acting and it's like there was this duality going on and th- there was like 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 a like a bell went off one day and i was just like wait why why am i hating what i'm doing half of what i'm doing cuz like 
you know, it just really like, it was like an epiphany. I was like a little bit older and I like had been seasoned. I lived in New York City before, you know, I, I cut my teeth in New York City as a young person. And I was like, just, just like a light went off. I was like, oh wait, like you're the same person, man. Like, why don't you just love both? You know, it was, it was really that simple. Mm. And so like my attitude changed. And then, so, um, so like bartending was like really fun for me. And then like, uh, you know, I was getting more auditions and then I started booking things because my attitude changed and it was just like crazy how that should totally crazy because it was like I was like poo pooing like my job but like loving auditioning. But you bring that into the room. But that's it, a problem. Like wherever you are, there you are. Right. So that's that, I think that's the best example or, or just that I know of um, what that means. Like, you know. There you are. It's like no matter where you are, it's like there you are. Like so, for me to be positive when I'm working and me positive when I'm pursuing the thing that I love so much that I think I love so much, there's no difference. So like it, it just it just bled into my work, mm -hmm. which was auditioning because that was my job. Like I had two jobs. I was auditioning and I was bartending, and I was taking every job. I was. I, I love that though. Like your job. When you're trying to break into the business is auditioning. Yeah, that's my job. I love that. Oh yeah, because like it wasn't because it was a numbers game. Like and I, and I realized that it took time. It takes time. All this stuff takes time, and that's yeah. okay. Just give it the time. Just enjoy your life in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like just enjoy the process. Like if you don't enjoy the process, if you're thinking end game, it's like you're not going to see it. You're not going to see it because you're not living your fullest in the moment. And and it sounds cliche, but it's true. It's like you're not really enjoying the process of getting there. Then what are you really enjoying, and why are you pursuing it? So for me, like a light went off. I was like, oh. And then like I was like, I just started booking more. I was just like, oh, because my attitude changed. And like I, I did go through a breakup. So like I was just like just fresh off the field. I was just like it was just about me and what I was doing and I was able to focus. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really funny. Like I uh, I had a beard for a long time and I booked a bunch of stuff but with a beard and I was like starting to get some grays in there, you know. I was like I got, I got this cop – um, I auditioned to be a cop for this comedy show, this comedy, like, I think it was Brook, Brooklyn 999 or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, And so I auditioned for it, and, I, and the casting director I'd never cast, that I'd, I'd never auditioned for before, but she knew other casting directors that I knew. We, we had a good rapport, and I didn't get that job. But I did shave the beard and I had a mustache. I didn't get that job. But I got every job after that. Every job after that I got because I just shaved the beard. My attitude changed. I shaved the beard. And it I'm just shaving. It was, <laughs> it was, just, it was just. I just changed my look. I mean, honestly, like Christian was like, we have the same thing going on. I have the white here. You, yeah. Honestly, you're gonna look oh, yeah. 30 years younger if you shave the, the goatee. I, I, totally, I know this. <laughs> it's so. It's just funny. a reality. No, I, 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 I always used to look so young, and then I. I you still I'm look young. Cherishing this, but no, but you look. I mean, like, thank you. But I see some handsome sons of bitches with gray hair. I'm like, me oh, too. Man. I'm, I'm like, like, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. Like totally gray. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I don't. I have the Keanu beard. That's the problem too like only Keanu can have this chopped up shit and get away you with can it. too oh, I mean you me. have it you're wearing yeah it, I'm, so. I do rock it but I do think I do think that because I do the podcast um uh you know it's like how I say it but like like I don't think people like if I shaved I can look good I clean up well let's put it that way Nobody cares. I know. They don't. I love you, man. Nobody know, cares. Thanks. If you want to look younger, get rid of the white. If you like it, run with it, man. It's all good. Because, I mean, there's something about be, being distinguished and just being who you are and being comfortable yeah, with your I skin, think, no matter I white think, hair or not. Like, I, I still have the mustache, right? Yeah. I'm trimming white hairs out of my mustache. So so <laughs> but it's, I still have a whole head of red hair, thank God. Yeah, you, yeah, know? you do. And hair looks great. You have thank great you. hair. Thank you. <laughs> You really do. Um, I still have to answer your question, though. By the no, way, no, but the, but uh, I was going to go back to the question. But um, I love what you were saying about how you change your attitude. You loved 
everything about your life, and you start you started booking everything and booking and booking. It was booking. a real switch. It was like, oh, then then I was I was I was like, so the breakup happened or whatever, yep. and then it was like, wow, this. It was around the same time. I can't say it was the same day, but it was. I took, I wound up taking every shift of a friend. Um. That needed off. So I, I, I cat sat, I dog sat, I plant sat, I apartment sat. I took the shifts of the same people when they traveled. I Airbnb my place. Airbnb became a thing. I Airbnb my place illegally. I had friend of mine that was was this segues into the question that you yep. had, who who was acquiring moonshine from the Carolinas, and I started bringing that up, and I was sharing it with my bartending friends. And um, that became a thing, you know. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was just hustling. I was hustling to 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 work. I was hustling to find work, and I was just living my life. I was I was quite literally living out of a backpack. Backpack. I had a go bag, and like when I rented my place, I was out. I was on Tinder and like dating sites. I was like, sometimes I'm sleeping at somebody else's house. It happened, you know. And it was just a reality. I was doing it safely, and but I was but I was just like, you know, I was I was I was invested in me. Wow. And um. And it just worked, you know, like because I made a decision to really not let things get in the way of like f- joy and and like and, and maybe making money or because like it really came down to it wasn't about money. It was about 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 the fun. It was about focus on the work. This is something I tell myself. I have actually a plaque in my apartment. Mm-hmm. It's focus on the work because it's really about the work. You focus on the work. Don't worry about the money. The money will be there. Money you can't. Money is not yep. sustainable. Yep. The work is sustainable because you're known for your work. You're not known for your money. Like right. great, some people are known. They're billionaires. Right. Great, but like if you don't, the work doesn't. If the work right. doesn't support right. the money. Yeah. Who are you, right? right? So it's really about the work. So I've never thought about money. Sure, when I when I didn't have it and I had to pay my rent, I thought about the money. Then I stopped thinking about it and I just focused on doing and not thinking. And I just went and did. And that's very much a reactionary thing with sports um and it just that was my motivation so yeah your question you asked me how did i get man versus food hold on before you answer oh (laughs) i know like you were talking i was just like one of my favorite emerson quotes do the thing and have the power there's, there's, and you were just doing the thing. There, there's something that comes from just the the activation of putting one foot in front of the other, yep. focus on the work, and like what we, you what comes from that is that power of the reaction of it. Like whether you it, it could be it could be a, a sedentary solitary thing, but like working out, you know, or taking a walk in the woods, like. Do the action, get the power, right? right it's just yeah, like whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it could be like walking my dog. This dude saved me. Like this, like having a pet, like I don't even call him a pet. He's like, I call him my son. Well, I, <laughs> I know. When you, act, when you love animals, they're like, you're, we have the I babies. mean, like, I don't know who saved who, but, you know, but that's a whole other thing. But um, for, should I go into the question about how I got the show? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm loving this riff we're on because, because it, it, the quote, another quote, because oh, it was, was, there's a Norman Vincent Peale quote, and he talks about action is the great restorer of faith. So, like, when you don't know what to do, just do what's in front of you. Take action. Take yeah. action. Move, move the body. Yeah, I have a, so I have a bias for action. So, um, you have a wait. You have a bias for action. So, I have a bias for action. So, so when you when you when you move the body, you know, it's like I, I really feel like our body. And I think it's because I'm an athlete. But like when I'm getting down, I'm like, all right, um, do you need to go throw some kicks and punches? Because I fool around martial arts. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's important because when. You know, I really feel like our bodies are the fountain of youth. Like our bodies are made up of how much water, right? Mm-hmm. So water we need to take in. You know, like that's a big thing. Your body's made of water. My body's made up of wine. <laughs> right now, my body's made of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From 
74. But like, I really, I think it's an internal reflection yes. is the fountain of youth. It's yes. like, you look yes. inward, the power is within you. The answers are there. Like, it's very, it, it's, um, it's very we philosophical. Could, we could go down this whole personal development road. Yes, of road. course we could. No, because I lived in California for 10 years. I worked with, <laughs> I, I lived in California, so I know for, philosophical for, exactly, bullshit. So the personal, the personal development people. But literally, like what you're saying, like, like, you know, you are what you eat, you are what you ingest, and you are, we are energy, and you can shift your energy. Anytime. Sure. And you you are what you they, say. It's like you have to, you don't want to sentence yourself with your sentences, put exactly. yourself in jail. It's like, is on the subtle level, things are happening that we don't know about, right? right. Like, and so like being, pay, pay, paying attention to all those things, becoming quiet is important. Silent, you know, quieting the mind, coming to stillness, taking pauses between actions, um, breath work, breath mm-hmm. work, breath work mm-hmm. is, you know, all that stuff is important. And like, you know, the thing is if you like if you if the first reaction you have is is when i say breath work you're like ah it's bullshit maybe you need to focus on breath work yeah and and if your first if your first response like, is ah, bullshit yeah like maybe stop thinking about your like I've what been your grandfather would say yeah. Casey, right. what are you talking yeah, about I, I take breaths every day Listen. like okay like when you if your first reaction to poo poo things is maybe take a yeah. better look yeah, at yeah that you stuff. need to look at it take, and, take, and, go deeper take and a deeper to your point like what makes a good Navy SEAL or sniper is they you could, they breathe through it. They don't like most people hold their breath. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and, and that's when you that's when you start dying. That's when you go in, exactly. You hold your breath, you die, and you go yeah. into lockup. You don't yeah. know what to do. You cut off anyway. No, you cut off the oxygen to your brain, brain. And then you, you know, like you're not breathing right. through. So I mean, that's, it's yogic. It's everything. It's in every practice of the of physical movement, whatever it be submerging yourself in cold water, yoga, meditation, yeah. um, martial arts, being a sniper, being yeah. a Navy SEAL. It's about your breath. It's about and that's breath. part back to back back to the fountain of youth. Your body is the fountain of youth. Water and breath you need to breathe air and you yep. need to drink you need yep. to have water so our lungs need to move and our body needs to be flooded with water so that's two things that we need and there's more but like listen we're, we're not so going, external you're not going very far without breathing and drinking water right right <laughs> <laughs> right it, 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 drinking wine and yeah, you know yeah. it's like you need you need we need the opposite so, the, exactly. so this is the the yin to the yang exactly. right so we like we need water if we're going to enjoy wine yeah. we need the water yeah, right so yeah, yeah it, it, it's um so yeah, the question was, <laughs> this is what I love. Yeah. Um, so you're clicking, you're going, you 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 know, you're like Patty LaBelle. You got a new attitude. Um, love Patty. You gotta love her. Love Patty. Um, so man versus food, though. Like how how did you like? Was there an audition? Was it like? Because they used to have that Food Network, next Food Network star, and people got shows out of that shit. But like, what was like? How did you get food? Man versus food. Funny story. Um, I. Uh, a very dear friend of mine who worked in casting, and I I, wanna, I worked as a PA. I was like the oldest PA <laughs> in the history of Food Network, and I was probably the fastest because like I had already worked in the restaurant business, and I was an actor, and I got hired. I was like, I need another gig to supplement the restaurant stuff. Maybe I want to go into production because I want to learn more about the background because I was a photography major. Da da da. So I went up working on a bunch of Food Network shows, and one of them was Network Food Star. And so it was it was Bobby Giada and Alton Brown. Mm. And I worked as a PA on this like it was like the third or fifth season and it was in Brooklyn and it was like with all those uh, chefs that were competing against each Mm -hmm. other within the three hosts. And uh, the director's like, he's like, Case, he's like, 
you know, there's like this giant chair that looked like the chair from Game of Thrones. It was like this giant, you know, it didn't have, I think it was like chef knives or whatever it was. Like, Case, can you stand in for Bobby because you have the same skin complexion? I was like, all right. So I sit in for Bobby Flay. Well, you mention it, you kind of do. <laughs> you kind of look like Bobby yeah, Flay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'm like Bobby Filet Mignon. You know, I'm like just a big piece of meat. <laughs> no, you're, right? like, you're like Bobby. <laughs> I'm like Bobby Porter. Exactly. So you're like Bobby Porter. <laughs> I'm like Bobby Tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby um, Tomahawk. <laughs> Because, uh, dude, Bobby's how are these eat. fucking guys so thin? They supposedly eat food and drink wine. They're all fucking. I mean, they're I, they're now on TV. So I know, whole, man. Was, I, I they're totally, in the gym at four o'clock in the I'm morning. They like, eat a banana and a protein shake, and then they're having a little bit of wine later on. Yeah. They, like they're machines. They got you got to be a machine. You do. So anyway, so no, which is cool. So like, I got to be a PA on that. So I got to see the inner workings in the background of like, oh, this is amazing. I have worked in restaurants. I'm an actor, and I'm like, I love production. So like, I, the best thing you could do if you ever want to be in the, in any industry is be in an industry that moves as fast as the restaurant industry. Um, the film industry. Word up. It's just like, just be part of something that's greater than you. Um, and I learned so much just by witnessing. I was like, you know, you're, if you're not leaning, if, you, if you're leaning, you're not cleaning. So that was the first message <laughs> in restaurants. And the same thing with PA. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, don't just fucking stand there, man. Like, we like pretend like you're doing something if there's nothing to do, especially in production yeah. and even in restaurants. You want to be, you don't leave the kitchen without a plate, you know, a plate going out and you don't leave the coming to the kitchen with without an empty plate. So, it's like it's, you're always moving, always yeah, moving parts. I love and that. So, love that philosophy. So with with the show, I so a casting director called me quite literally called me on the phone, and I'd booked a couple commercials. Some of them were non-union. They were, I, I guess, at the time they were non-union. And she's like, Casey, I have this really good opportunity for you. It's it's a it's a New York. It's, I'm sorry, it's an LA local hire, and what that means, non-union, it's a hundred dollars a day. And like I would have to crash on a friend's couch. I'd have to get myself there. But you're getting a hundred bucks. But the opportunity is like bigger than you could imagine. But I, I believe I loved her so much, and she's still very much of a mentor for me. Uh, Brett Goldstein, um, she's incredible. She's like I said, she's a mentor. She's a coach. She's a casting director in New York City for thirty years. She called me up. She's like, "There's this really great opportunity for you. I think you're right for the part." This is the scenario. <laughs> it's a hundred dollars a day. You're gonna have to get yourself there, and you're gonna have to find a place to stay. But they'll pick you up wherever you are, and they'll bring you to set. So, the, wow. what the show was? It was it was gonna be the first um, YouTube show behind. It was YouTube Red behind the paywalls. So, I remember. Yeah. That okay. So Ian and Anthony were two YouTube stars. They so they they there was a show that was called Part Timers. Part Timers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, no, dude, it's okay, Christian. No, to, Christian, this totally is my cool. pocket. I love that. So my our fucking engineer. I'm like looking at you this entire time, like, and I'm like, you do look fucking familiar. What I love is he's been on Food Network, but you know him from this YouTube Red part time. And we were talking about like when people recognize you, like it's crazy, right? At an, for whatever it is, yeah. And um, and I'm glad you appreciate that. I'm glad you've seen it, Christian, because it was it was like. It was like for, for YouTube, it was the biggest thing that they were doing. So we were like, I was literally crashing on my, my buddy's yoga mat in this place in, in LA. And there's a whole other story about other things there. Which we're is gonna, great. We're gonna, you're going to come back on. We're local. We're going we, <laughs> to, yeah, no, we, we need like, it's like after dark, episode no, after it, episode. It was just a great opportunity. And I was like, okay. And so what it was like, you get, you know, here's a breakdown. We need you to submit some tapes. So we did yeah. like three different scenes, three different scenarios. And I submitted those tapes and we filmed them with my friends. And, and I wound up getting cast in it. So I went out, I went out to LA. We shot like two seasons of this thing. And the director, 
Um, Laura Murphy did a ton of stuff with um, with MTV. She did Girl Code. She was in it. And mm. so the, the 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 showrunner, the executive producer, the director, the, some of the writers um, were all women. And I was like, this is awesome. I love this because it's just like because I mean it's a very male dominated business oftentimes. And I was like, this is so powerful. Just you know, yeah. And one I of the other, that. you know. Um, um, another another one of the writers he uh, was one of the uh, he he developed workaholics so there's a lot of energy going into this show and um, like great writers a lot of energy and it's coming from YouTube it's being financed by YouTube and it's like they bought this they bought this place um, and the show is called Part Timers and they bought this they bought this um, space that used to be like a wedding catering facility in Sacramento and the show mirrored uh uh ian worked at chuck e cheese and so it was called part-timers but it was it was it, it wasn't um it, it was uh uh wait so it, it was it was the show was called part-timers and but the place was called um um it was like a rip on chuck e cheese it was a, it was it was a total rip on chuck e cheese it was like spazzy's pizza or some shit like that no, it, it, it was uh because they're they were they're goofballs on youtube they're known for doing sketch comedy. yeah totally yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's an offshoot of that it's not chuck e cheese no it's, it's not chuck e cheese, cheese but it was porky pines okay. so it was the porky, porky pine was the mascot okay and so like my character was dinger it, it used to be a chinese restaurant before i lived there and then like i was the guy who ran the concessions and i had all these you know i had like a like I had like a um like a uh, I was like a fanboy and so I had like a fanzine and and like it, it, so it was this wacky world and we did two seasons of it which was really incredible and like we were flooded through YouTube we hit the YouTube studios it was like the, the premiere thing that they were doing but YouTube Red really didn't hit nah. like it never hit nope and I think there was some internal stuff with those two guys and they wound up going their own direction but that experience like so. Um, that d- director, her and I became very friendly. She introduced me to um, an agent in New York City, who um, who was he was at Don Buckwald. He is at Don Buckwald. He's at the head of comedy at Don Buckwald, and I pitched a bunch of shows to him. I pitched a, like three scripted shows and one um, one uh, uh, unscripted show, which would be Reality Lifestyle. It was a food show. It was like a food host show. Okay. And so he's like, I like the food show. He's like, why don't you go I like the food show, I like show, the food kid. show. Go, go, go pro- uh, film a proof of concept about this food show. And so while I'm filming with a friend of mine, we're like running around New York City eating hot dogs or whatever we're doing. He's, <laughs> Grace Papaya. <laughs> we, yeah, we did. We went to Grace Papaya. We went to Grace Papaya. Um, he's like, hey, he calls me. He's like, hey, I got this audition for this food show. Uh, do you have any interest? I'm like, yeah, I'm out filming your sh- this show that I told you about. So, so I, I I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm I'm totally into it. So that audition. <clears throat> so my relationship with the director led me to this um, agent who got me the audition for a show. Okay, and that show was called Big Eats, and if the first audition was uh, uh, Skype at the time, and so I was at the time I was living in Brooklyn. And I was renting my apartment via Airbnb. So I had an Italian couple that's coming in like in literally 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, like we're talking through. It was a very nice conversation. Like I physically had to put the computer back into the closet when I left before the Italian couple showed up. And so we get through the interview and she's like, oh, do you have the food um, segment ready for the interview? Like to, to, uh, something to talk about with food. Have, it, have, it, have like a plate of food to talk about or whatever. Have something that I made. And I was like, I didn't, I don't, 
I don't really have anything. I don't remember that being part of the audition or this even this conversation. She's like, but I was like, oh, give me a second. But my place was immaculate. Like I was literally like renting my place out through Airbnb. So there's nothing in the apartment. There was the only the arm and hammer in the fridge, right? <laughs> and so I was like, give me a second. So I get up from the table, very, very much like how we are here. I go to the fridge. And the only thing I have in the fridge is a bottle of moonshine. I take that bottle of moonshine. I sit down in front of the table, in front of the computer, and I talk about moonshine for 20 minutes. I got an audition for the actual show after that. So that went over so well that I got the physical audition. So that physical audition was in a restaurant where I had to do basically the three parts of the show. It's the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's If you watch the show, there's a kitchen beat, there's a, a dining room interaction, and then there's me trying to crush something. Yep. So that was at a place called Clinton Hall, and there's okay. several of them in the city. Yeah. Um, and Chef Daryl, who's there, who's incredible chef, and he's done really great things. It's really fun food. Um, and uh, so I did that audition, and then that led to me getting the show. But I heard later on from the executive producer at Food Network, it was actually me talking about Moonshine for 20 minutes who was actually got me the show. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just food. It was like, oh, I could pontificate about um, how Moonshine's made and how I acquired it and um, – you know. well, they saw the passion, probably. Yeah, and I was gonna say, man, like you just thanks, Christian, because I was gonna say, like, what happens is like you do all this shit in life, right? Like you don't know, like we've like a, a through line. It's been like how sports has trained you to persevere, but every time we do something in life, we we just have a mental rolodex and it gets filed away. We don't know what's gonna like, and you're able to pull all that shit out at the right time. That's all I had <laughs> was moonshine. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, if people would have just caved, <clears throat> would have just fucking gave up. I was like, give me a second. Yeah. And I'm like, give what? me a second. <laughs> I was like, like, <laughs> it was like, it was like dun, 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 he's running around the apartment. Fuck it, moonshine. And, and like there was there was really moonshine because I was taking it with me to go share with my friends and the Arm and Hammer. And I was just like, hey, this is what I got. So anyway, so a friend of mine makes it in North Carolina. And, like, and I just went into the story and um, uh, segue or full circle back to um, being in Minnesota and going to the Super Bowl. We were at the Mall of America and we it was like it was a press junket like the whole week because we filmed Minneapolis episode mm -hmm. and, and the St. Paul episode. And I wasn't going to the Super Bowl, but the Mall of America was filled with every athlete you ever, you know, and, and sure. football sure. you've ever met, right? Sure. And, and any celebrity that's going to be like J Lo performed at the opening night cer the ceremony the, the night before the actual um, the, the, the Super Bowl. And uh, someone at some press at some press junket, some somebody asked like, "So how'd you get the show?" And then like the executive producer from from Food Network was like, "I got this one." I was like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "So Casey, we did a pre-interview, and he talked about Moonshine for twenty minutes." And I was like, "That's what that's what we, internally that's what he got the show." We passed around to everybody, and they were like, "That's why he got the show," because I was able to just talk about anything for 20 minutes you know i think but it was like passionately about moonshine because like yeah it was I mean, really good it was like that's what you said they saw your passion right like, it was like really good moonshine yeah you know? and it made you goofy <laughs> like a, i still have some it's like makes you goofy like a kid so it's really good uh, next time how about we, we'll talk we'll do moonshine we'll change the barrels we'll, to a still yeah right yeah we'll just put up like uh red bank regional high school or <laughs> we'll, we'll put up like uh i don't know the gas and sip and we'll say like <laughs> right <laughs> Oh man, Casey! Listen, man, I got more notes, but I gotta respect your time. I gotta respect Christmas time because it's the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Everyone wants to go drink with other people. 
Thank you for coming in. Um, definitely need to, uh, you're local. Let's do this shit again. I love it, man. Uh, Thank uh, you for having me. I appreciate you. Stop me on the street and be like, hey. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so I got I got two more things. For oh, you did? Okay, you cool. go. Yeah. Um, all right. So we play a little game on this podcast called FMK, uh, Fuck, Marry, Kill. I'm going to give you three wow. grapes. Yeah, I know. Three grapes. Okay. You, you, and you, you're going to fuck one. You get to marry one. But then one you have to kill off. You can't have anymore. Wait right? a second. Yeah. Like I could romance one, right? Sure. Uh, okay, if you want, if you want to put R M K, that's fine. If you're more romance so, guy, F Mary Kill, yeah, yeah, or F Mary, uh, uh, romance Mary Kill. Okay. Um, you know, I host a kids show, basically. I know, <laughs> I know, I, but I don't think the kids will listen. Their parents might. Anyway, okay, so romance anybody, Mary, anybody can listen to a podcast. I know that's true. <laughs> romance Mary Kill. Okay. Okay. Um, can I Cabernet? Have a yeah, sure. Cabernet Sauvignon. Cab. Okay. Oh yeah, you can, Sangiovese. Sange. Chardonnay. Chard. Uh, California or French? No, just just uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I see. okay, uh, white Burgundy. Oh Jesus. Yeah, since you want, since you want, correct. WB. Yeah, love the WB. Uh, listen, it's gonna be hard. The WWWWB. It'll be hard to get rid of white Burgundy. There's something about a French wine. Is that it? There's something about a French wine. Yeah, three That's grapes. Very cool. yeah. Oh, yeah, the three. Yeah. Romance, marry. <laughs> kill. Which grape are you romancing? Which grape are you marrying? Which grape are you killing off? Um, I'm gonna romance me some white burgundy. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yes, yeah, tough. It's tough. Gonna... <laughs> it's so tough. I need no one to get rid of but, my no, but grape. The, the thing is, like, so romance is different than F. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that changes that changes everything. Okay. So I'm gonna F me some cab. Okay. Right. Yep. I'm gonna F the cab. Yep. Just because it's fun. Yep. Um, uh, I'm gonna marry me. White bird. Some white burgundy. But after a long weekend, I'm gonna kill me some. <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I do love. I know. I do love the Italian stuff. I know. And, and, I know. And, but I, I, I would change this uh, if you ask me again. Yeah. But for right now, I'm gonna. You'll get asked again. Yeah. <laughs> but different grapes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna f me some cab. Yep. Um, because it's big and bold. Yep. I'm gonna marry me some shard. Yep. Some because it's just so good. Yep. And then I'm gonna after a long weekend, I'm gonna okay. kill me some. Sage. There you go. Sounds good. Um, what are you most excited for about the future right now? I love that as scary as it is the unknown because there's so many I have a bunch of irons in the fire of things we've been throwing against the wall for a while um, and the uncertainty is very unsettling personally but it's uh, it's as exciting as um, when I didn't know what was to come or because you know there's 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 ebbs and flows to the business and 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 to our lives right so yeah. not to sound so philosophical but it's it's really not knowing and just just going to work like really focus on your work and go focus on the work and finding results in different areas that you're finding that i have found results in because i'm not necessarily finding results in 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 professionally success successfully professionally yeah um because this is like a like 
we all go through the, the stone ages or the dark ages of something like winter's coming, right? Yep. So I've been in the winter for a while. Okay. And um, that's where you regroup. That's where you rebuild. That's yep. where you gain strength. That's where you. That's get like stronger. Rocky when he's uh, Ivan Drago running through the thousand sand, percent, just like you know, just and, going and it, it. it's a visual for sure, and, and that's very real, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm excited about what's to come, but I'm also very much immersed in the focus and being present and just getting stronger and getting better at what you know, what I do and, um, yeah. And, and like actually living my life, you know, like spending time with people that I haven't seen in a long time. And cause I have some downtime and, and, and being on your podcast and saying yes to things. And like, because when I'm super busy, I don't have the opportunity to say yes to things. Yeah. And where, when I'm not, it's like, Oh, there's so much more. So I'd sooner break bread and, and share conversation and bottle of wine. Um, um, I might have said no to this at one point because yeah. I was busy. Yeah. And like, I hate that, yeah. you know, but yeah. I'm glad that we're able to do it. So yeah. I'm yeah. really pleased. Well, you're that. invited over to my house for dinner. My wife's a great cook. I'm amazing. A great cook. Thank you. Uh, you're, uh, we'll hook it up. I'll I don't, I don't have another bottle of this. Is that That's okay? okay. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> thank you, man. I no, thank you, man. I appreciate you. I, thank you so much for, uh, this is, uh, hey, man, taking a risk. You took a risk on this. Trip. I like, do. Hey, what's up? That's what I've been doing with this whole thing. Hey, Casey, tell everybody how they can uh, find you on social, how they can be a part of what you're doing, follow your journey. Yeah, I, I exist on social media at I am Husky for Life on uh, Instagram, <laughs> Casey Webb on, on Facebook, and then Casey's Call on Twitter. Uh, I think um, uh, TikTok is uh, Casey Webb. And um, yeah, I, uh, or you could find me on cooking channel on Tuesdays from 6 to 9.30 on Man vs. Food. I definitely did a new show called um, Life and Beth, uh, which is uh, Amy Schumer. I got to get Amy on here because when I watched that, I, it's, it was so wine-focused. She actually wine rep, so that, should, that show's kind of dope. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's, it's very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. It was very cool. And, she, like, <laughs> and it was like real wine rep shit. People don't want to talk to you. Like It was like legit. Right, yeah. It was like what it's really like, not not that Psalm TV, like, oh, we, people love wine, people. No. No, they, 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 they got to the nitty-gritty. Get the fuck out my restaurant, man. We're, we're busy, yeah. And there's a second season, so they, okay, they good. watched a second season. Okay, good. So, and um, my character Grub is coming back, which is really exciting. I love it. I was at the uh, the 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 launch for um, uh, Inside Amy Schumer that came back on Paramount TV. Yep. yep. And I ran to the director, and he's like, "I don't know if anyone told you, but I'm going to tell you, Life and Beth <laughs> is coming back, and your character Grub is coming back as a, as the uh, train conductor. Who it was actually based on someone that Amy that grew up with this guy Grub. So, I love it. Yeah, which love is exciting. It. So thank you, MJ. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate drinking wine with you and 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 just talking life stuff. And I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for all the listeners out there. Make sure you check out the show notes. That's where you'll find the links to uh, Casey's socials, uh, some information on the wines we drank, and uh, you know other cool shit we discussed in the show. Until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks, the philosophers, the deep thinkers, and the wine drinkers. It's your boy MJ. Peace. Peace.